Welcome to the Popcorn Wine Down with Tammy and Eddie. Grab your popcorn, get yourself a glass of wine, and come hang out with us as we discuss TV shows, movies, music, and pop culture. Welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. This week, we will be discussing The Voice. But first, let's get to the wind down. Tammy, we're starting with some sad news. Jeopardy host extraordinaire Alex Trebek, he lost his battle to prostate cancer. Um, So I want to send a big shout out to his friends and family and friends. May he rest in power. Um, I loved Alex Trebek. He was amazing. Um, A pop culture icon. Because you were a huge Jeopardy fan, right? Yes. I... Why you say it like that? Like, <laughs> I must admit. No, I mean, it's a great thing. Go for I it. I must admit, yes, I do. And I did watch Jeopardy. I also must admit that I lose more money than I win, even online. <laughs> okay. So, but I like it. It tests my knowledge. You know, I like little nerdy stuff like that. But so may Alex Trebek rest in power. Um, for fans of the show, like myself, the executive producers already said that they will continue on. Um, that was his wish. He didn't want the show to stop. Um, and they just haven't announced who the new host is going to be. I think they still have some shows in the bank that he, he taped previously. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, rest in power, Alex. Um, also, in other news, the Johnny Depp, uh, his case was decided, his libel case. He was suing a British tabloid for calling him a wife beater and he lost the case. It was a civil case. He's the one who brought the suit. But afterwards, um, after the decision came out, Warner Brothers decided to let him go. Um, And I had mixed feelings about this. My thing was that they had already started filming Fantastic Beast, um, number three, and he had already filmed some scenes for it. And these weren't new allegations or new charges. It wasn't a criminal case. So why all of a sudden in the middle of a production? That means that they already plan to fire him anyway because of all the drama that he had going on for the last couple of years. They plan to fire him anyway, but they kind of want to see like how this was going to go. And it was a straw that broke the camel's back. I agree with you on that. My thing is this though, why even let him film the scenes that he filmed, even though he stopped when the trial started? Why not just fire him beforehand if you knew this is what it was coming to? Because, you know, like I said, it's nothing new. So I just, I think it's just fucked up how they did it in the middle of filming and all of that stuff. But I agree. You know, I agree. If that was the decision, because we all saw the writing on the wall because this was bad PR for him and everybody. And, you know, didn't help that J.K. Rowling was taking his side um, and her with her problems. So, you know. But any definitely doesn't help. Um, so we will see who ends up replacing him um, as Grindenwald in the Fantastic Beasts series. Mad Michelson is uh, at the top of the list. It came out that they're negotiating with him. So it hasn't been finalized yet. But we will see if, if he actually turns out to be the replacement for that. Um, and you are a big fan of the series, I know. So you should be glad to know that it's going to be a five-part series. I had no idea. Yes, even though the second one was horrible, um, I still watched it and I was very excited when it came out. But and I'm going to be excited for the next three one, the three movies that are going to be coming out to finish off the series. But 
I mean, it's kind of because I'm such a huge Harry Potter fan, Ravenclaw, um, that I'm just going to watch it because I'm such a huge fan of the Harry Potter um, universe. Um, but that don't mean that I agree that it was a good movie because it wasn't. <laughs> Gryffindor, baby. But uh, <laughs> I ride for the G's. But uh, <laughs> I did not watch after the second. I didn't watch the second one. And I don't know why because I did like the first one. But I do plan to get back into series. So I, I have plenty of time. Um, Warner Brothers also announced with Depp's firing that they're postponing the movie. They're pushing it back to 2022. So, um you know, it, it's all good. We'll see what happens. Chadwick Boseman, switching lanes here. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, may he rest, uh, is up for um, a Gotham Award for his last role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is going to be released next month by Netflix. And it had been long assumed and presumed that he would be up for a lot of awards. Netflix said from the very beginning that they were going to put him up for everything, Oscars, Golden Globes, all the major awards. And even before he passed, I had heard that this is one of his better roles before any of it came out, you know. Um, so for those are, that are saying he's just being nominated because he's he passed a la Heath Ledger or something like that. Um, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see the movie, which I really want to see. They say Viola Davis kills it as well, which, you know, it's Viola Davis. So is there any doubt about that? That's another woman who ain't never gotten an Oscar. I know, right? And she deserves oh it. Oh my gosh. She, she deserves she it. Deserved Even Meryl Streep, the queen, said, said that she deserved it. Give her it. her things. She deserved it for doubt. Doubt was amazing. She did. That was... She, she did. That whole six minutes that she was on screen in that movie, <laughs> she killed it. It was like, wow. But yeah, so. Uh, so I know, I know like everybody's going to be excited about Chadwick Boseman because this was his last movie um, before he died. So I, I definitely get that. But I'm really excited to see um, what Viola Davis does with her. Yeah. Role. And I'm also, uh, Denzel directed as well as produced. So I'm excited to see what he, he what he does because he was really good as the director in Fences and actor as well. So um, we'll see if the whole movie is deserving. And I guess we will come back to this conversation after it is after the movie's been released and we've seen it. We can come back and say what we really think. I'm also interested in yes. One Night in Miami, which is Regina King's um, directorial debut. So we'll talk about those later as well. Um, and other casting and production news, The Order. Um, has been canceled by Netflix after two seasons, which kind of breaks my heart because I love that show. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I love the show too, but I'm gonna say this: when the first episode showed him with that blonde hair, I knew it was over. <laughs> okay, I knew that the season was gonna go downhill from there when the main character rolled up with some blonde hair, peroxide-looking blonde hair I said oh shoot because the show was good I definitely enjoyed it um, I enjoyed the first season but the second season it started off bad and just went downhill like it kind of caught itself the last two episodes but yeah I can understand why it was canceled yeah though. the second yeah this wasn't a Rona cancellation but it's kind of sad because the second season it struggled to find itself and um, I'd say the last few episodes the last quarter of the season is when it really really seemed to catch on and I wanted to see what was going to happen in season three but they said that he was going to actually resurrect his girlfriend 
And when she came back, she was going to be possessed with, um, I think, the, the bad demon, the big bad. And I guess the whole season was going to be about he possessing her and getting sending the demons that came back with her um, back to the hellscape. So um, I guess we'll never know. But, you know, rest in peace order for it's that um, I'm gonna need woo. I'm gonna need Netflix to do something about my new my woo assassins. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. We'll see. You know, we'll every see. time I hear about Netflix cancellation, I'm like, I need some woo assassins new. Damn it! Um, and Chicago Fire, they are on a Rona break. They got put into a Rona timeout for two weeks. It seems like they have a little mini outbreak popping off on that set amongst the cast. Yeah, a couple of uh, crew members. Yeah, so um, you know. We'll see how that happens. And by the way, I did love the Chicago uh, PD episode, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later on in our season. So I will save that. But, uh, you know, Chicago PD. And I have some news. And I know I'm probably going to shock you with this news. Okay. The weekend has been announced (laughs) as the headliner and the performer for Super Bowl 55. Okay. 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 And you know, I love the weekend. You know, I love football. Here's the shock. I was not excited about this news. <laughs> okay, so you're not excited because it's like it's the weekend, or you're not excited because of, you know, the fact that the whole world is being brought down by a Yeah, pandemic. that's it. Like I because <laughs> I love the weekend. Seeing him in concert, hell of a performer. May amazing performer puts on a hell of a show not excited because he gets the super bowl when the world is being brought down by a fucking pandemic and all of the ancillary uh, events around the super bowl have already been announced that they're either going to be majorly scaled back or they've been canceled already altogether none of the networks and news outlets are sending like you know because the super bowl is like the biggest sporting event in the world yeah, literally. It is. And like ad sales are already down for it. Um, you know, usually an ad can run you anywhere from five to ten million dollars. Like producing an ad for the Super Bowl can cost you like an independent film budget or something. But it's, it's none of that's happening this year. So I'm like, why does the weekend have to perform now? Like, are they going to have fans at the Super Bowl? Is it going to be safe by then? Um, you know, is it going to be a virtual performance? Now, I know the game is going to go on more than likely because it's the NFL and, you know, they have no fucks to give unless it's about that money. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a business. And, it's a business. And it's a dirty business, but it's a business. But, you know, we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's it. I, I'm just thinking that it's not the best stage for the weekend. Like, couldn't he have done Super Bowl 56 when the world is hopefully back to normal? <laughs> Um, I will say that I am excited. Now, granted, I am also not a fan of sports, so I won't be watching. I haven't watched the Super Bowl in years, almost 10 years. Um, but I am I am I was excited when I um when I heard the news. Now, the one thing is kind of, you know, putting on my social justice hat is that I hope that because of the scale back on the whole thing and it's not going to be as huge as it normally is that the numbers for like what happens you know in the back alleys um in any town where the super bowl is stationed um that those numbers go down and i'm talking about those numbers like human trafficking sex trafficking which 
complete like just takes over wherever the Super Bowl is because you know people disappear and you you just too many people to understand you know where they are or you know if they're actually missing or they just like you know just up and left but so I'm hoping those numbers go down with the fact that they have to scale back on the Super yeah, Bowl yeah um, so. hopefully <laughs> they will you know people are still gonna find a way to do some shitty things probably but but yeah, yeah I, I hope that all that stuff um, scales back to um, and the crime associated with the event and like you said all the dark shit that happens uh, hopefully it will be less this year um, you know but shout out to the weekend I will still watch don't get me wrong especially if Brady is in the Super Bowl again because you know that's my dude um, oh so does that mean I can tell you to just tell me when he gets on yes Tammy you can just tell me you can just say <laughs> That's, that 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 seems to be what I get paid for. I'm your official <laughs> entertainment announcer. Thank you, thank you. Because um, I ain't gonna watch yeah. it. <laughs> so you know. And speaking of big shows and events, um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I guess maybe somehow, some way, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, you sense my excitement. That's a good segue. That was a good segue. Go, go for it. Go my for it. And all of that. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, not at all. It, it's, it's really weird. Normally, after Halloween, you see all the Christmas shit pop up in the stores and stuff like that. Um, and this year, I saw it, but not as much. Like, and over. And so, it normally, it normally and it gives you a sense of that the holidays are here. Well, and I, I still haven't felt it as much even with all the reporting about the Christmas movies and all of that kind of stuff it's like okay and normally I don't really get into the Christmas spirit because I'm a traditionalist in the sense that I don't think Christmas really starts until Thanksgiving then that's when I pull out the music and start decorating the trees and the house and all that kind of stuff so for me that's the official beginning of Christmas season but I understand I, agree. I understand I agree the commercial aspect of it they're going to start it in September if they could but um, so this year it's all been scaled back because you know of course it's 2020 and Rona has sent the world to shit but Disney has announced their Christmas special at the end of the month after Thanksgiving thank you Disney for it's going to be on ABC it though is. it's going to be on ABC and I'm so excited because for many of the performances but of course you know I support anything that our Bumpstone boys are in haha I'm getting better at that um, also known as BTS, um, they're singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town and also some other amazing performances like, well, uh, excuse me, Leslie Odom. I almost called him Lamar Odom, girl. <laughs> don't, Ooh, I don't, dare, don't you dare. You know. Don't you dare. Don't I you know. Don't have to him in that voice. Um, <laughs> so I know that, like, I, you know, I can't wait to see um what bts does with the song although they've already performed it last year during their um the christmas special that they were a part of last year um jim min and i forgot the other jim member that B. sang it with him um so they've already done it was jim min and B. i'm sorry oh okay um so but i am excited to see like sierra who you know <laughs> she's always a hit or miss so excited to see if um she's more of a hit than a miss um, Adam Lambert, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Katy Perry, who can really sing, you know, her, you know, whole image is, yeah, but, um, she can really sing Pink, because I want to see Pink bring her rock style 
uh, to it. And then also Kerry Washington is supposed to sing a song. So definitely excited to see if, you know, Kerry Washington really can, you yeah, know, hold and Just a side note, I agree with you about Katy Perry. Sometimes I think it's the Lady Gaga set where a lot of the the persona yeah. takes over the voice. And people dismiss the voice because of the persona. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because people didn't realize Lady Gaga could really, really sing until they saw a star was born. They were like, oh, shoot, that's really her singing. Yes, that's yeah, really her singing. She, she's amazing. Um, <laughs> but also, so along with that, BTS, congratulations. They received an honor from the World Music Innovator. And I'm really, I'm excited. I was happy about that. Congratulations to them. I think they have done some very innovative things with music this year. Um I was surprised because, you know, the Wall Street Journal is usually more conservative in their picks and things like that. But, you know, I guess this really is the year of BTS where they're winning everybody over. So and along with that, uh, winning people over, it seems like they're pissing off some people in Korea with their New Year's Eve plans. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Big Hit is deciding that they're going to have a family New Year's Eve concert. And that's great. Like, I was so excited when I first heard about it. And then the drama started. So first of all, it's a little bit of a petty move because there is like a music award show kind of thing that happens every year on New Year's Eve and all the K-pop stars go, but now none of the big hit artists will be there because they're going to be doing their concert. Except Where do for Village people going to be? Um, the Village people I don't know. They did not announce where they are going to be, but they said they had a prior engagement that they couldn't cancel. So they're not going to be there. To be honest, I kind of think it's because they don't need the BTS effect to pull in crowds. <laughs> because like, um, you know, because the fans saying that they're kind of upset about the price because it starts at like $140 and goes all the way to almost $250 for a ticket, depending on the package that you purchase. Um, They don't like the location. They say that they picked a horrible location because it's going to be an offline concert as well. Um, So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, and then kind of the pettiness of them doing it on New Year's Eve with that other um, music show happening on New Year's Eve as well. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure that they're not going to change their mind and they're going to go forward with it. But, you know, I'm starting to think maybe this is a money move more than, you know. Well, on New Year's Eve, I get the whole aspect of the prices being jacked up because it's New Year's Eve. And no matter where you go, what you do, you're always going to pay that extra markup on New Year's Eve. But let me see if I... But it's a half on I, I, I know. So let me just get some clarification here. The $140. Watch at home. <laughs> okay. So I believe that is the price for in person. But don't quote me on that. Because they haven't released any other prices except for the three package deals. And you remember when we um, watched the concert before, they had those same package deals. So to be honest, I don't know if that is the price because it's going to be more than BTS. So they, because you know, TXT is going to perform, New Ends is going to perform, um, G Friend is going to perform, them, um, them Island Boys. Uh, getting one more group. Um, and, and Hyphen. I like them. I'm excited. About oh, and Hyphen, Hyphen is going to perform, and it's going to be their first. Ma- it's going to be their first yeah, yeah. major performance, um, which they're supposed to de- debut um, at the end of the month. But um, so, I mean, we'll see, like you know, how it goes. But for right now, it looks it's looking oh, like that may be the online no, price as well. To, uh, they're gonna need to Black Friday that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, because I understand that. Like I said, I just told you, I understand the economics of New Year's Eve and how everything gets jacked up. But I am not. 
to watch a concert from Not my home. That's like Mulan. I'm having Mulan flashbacks. We we yeah, we were still pulling on the fact that we had to pay, what did we pay? Eighty dollars? When we when we did when we did um the Mountain of the Soul One concert. But it was, was two nights and I kinda got it, you know, and it's cool and it's yeah, no, this one no. is one night. No, no, absolutely not. They better learn Black Friday <laughs> real quick. But I do have some okay, really, really is... good news. Wow, me. Okay, so everybody knows because I've talked about it multiple times that I have two groups that I just absolutely, absolutely love. One of them is BTS, of course, and then the second group is Got Seven. And I have been griping about the fact that JYP has not released a comeback date or anything. Well, now I am happy to announce that their new single for their comeback will be released on November 23rd. Yay! Woo! So Yay! Exciting. So and then their CD, Last Piece, is supposed to come out on November 30th. Now, I'm very, very excited. Don't focus on the name. Don't focus on the name. Because... Yeah, you know, because the album is called Last Piece, and uh, it's not piece like, you know, the peace sign. No, 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 no. It's like the last piece, like the last piece of pie. So um, hopefully that is just the name, and they are going to resign because their contract is up in January. So hopefully they resign. But I'm very, very, very excited for BTS that's going to be um, coming out on Friday, but as well as GOT7. Thank you. Finally, JYP for doing what you should have done. Thank you, JYP. Ago. Thank you so you much. Saved me some trauma here. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that does it for the wine down. Go pop you some popcorn. Get that glass of wine. Meet us on the flip side when we discuss the boys. into the boys which is set in a world where the superheroes seem um, more popular than celebrities have as much political influence as politicians and they're loved throughout the world and treated like they're gods unfortunately things are not always as they seem Tammy they're really corporate owned bullies who misuse and abuse their power for their own selfish means and I must say, I'm absolutely here for all of it. I love the boys. <laughs> I, I know you the one who suggested it. Right? Yes, but I love it. And as much as I love superhero movies, you would not think that I would love this or it would be like, forget the fact that it's produced by Seth Rosenberg and Evan Goldberg and Eric Kripke and all that. So, you know, it's going to be batshit crazy because, you know, but um, it is just, how do I say it? I love it. Homelander is the anti-Superman. Like we've had that conversation about um, Superman. How perfect Superman right. is, which makes him boring. So um, Homelander definitely is the antithesis of Superman. He is like everything Superman is not and would never think to be. I wonder how Batman and Superman would feel about the, the superheroes and the boys. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all of them is kind of made off of them, so it kind of be like with Bizarro, yeah. Right? But so 
I, and to me, season two was even better than season one. And that is rare that that happens. Sometimes when you come off something that was so lightning in a bottle, um, the second season, there's always this letdown. And I did not feel that with season two at all. What about you? Um, I liked it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. The one thing that I do want to say, just start this off real quick. Is that Homelander is a fake ass bitch. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna put that right out there. He a crybaby. He a little and, and and I say this and I'm disappointed in myself for saying this because you know I'm a feminist, but he a little bitch. Like a full-on, like I was just I was watching the show. And every single thing, like, they, they want you to feel for him, right? Because he had no parents. He was basically raised in a lab um, by scientists. You know, nobody loved him growing up, really. And all this other stuff. And I'm just watching him, like, and? Like, nobody cares, dude. Like, nobody cares. You are so evil and rude and mean that nobody cares, that you had no one to help you become an actual human being. Like, it, that, that I just, like, I absolutely hated his character. And I, I think <laughs> that's the point. I think, like, a lot of times when you find a popular character or something, especially as the anti-hero or the villain, they try to make him um, likable to find something redeeming about him. And even though I understand Homelander's story, I understand completely why he is the way he is it still didn't redeem him though not do anything to redeem him he is like irredeemable and so i'm going to also give a shout out to anthony star or anthony star who plays homelander he also was the lead in banshee and i loved him in banshee love banshee and I love him just as much as Homelander, even though in Homelander, as you said, I'm going to take it a bit farther, h- further. Homelander is a pussy ass bitch. Like, what? you know, he called his son a little pussy. No, dude, you're the pussy. Like, wait, 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 wait. Is this the same dude, right? That the first episode, he had to go in to, uh, I forgot what her name was, office, goes into her little fridge, takes out breast milk. And goes it like... And has a little sexual moment of him with her breast milk after you burnt the woman's face off, dude? Yeah. That, that's the same dude. <laughs> like, And the way he does it with the breast milk, it's like a crack addict trying to get their fit. Like, it was <laughs> like his... It's like his mess. Like... Yeah, and, and so the way he was golfing it, and then when the girl walks in and he gets caught, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Like trying to hide it, and it's just like. And then when he was even at um, at Becca's house visiting his son, and he went to the refrigerator and he was lapping up the milk, and I'm like, "What is your obsession with this? With milk, and breast milk, <laughs> and what was your obsession with her? Because it's like, dude, you burnt her face off, but then you get doppelganger to pretend to be her." And then you actually have sex with her as or him. Look, that that was some psychological crazy BS, yo. Like when when he goes in and she comes out, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's I dreaming. thought he was too. <laughs> I thought it was true. And then when the doppelganger turns back into himself because he was he was her for too long, and he's like, turn back, turn back. <laughs> 
Like, Homelander is, can we just say, batshit crazy. Crazy. Like, batshit crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's psychotic and he's sociopathic. And I don't think, you could get several PhDs just writing about the mind of Homelander. Like, yes. I, I agree. He did that doctorate with that. He's several of them. Um, like, <laughs> and then he found his perfect match in Stormfront. Okay, Stormfront was his perfect match because she was as batshit crazy as he was, and she was a racist. She was a Nazi, full on white supremacist Nazi. And I'm just like, if that ain't perfect for you, I don't know what is. Yeah. Because she's going to encourage you to be a psychotic. Yeah, because at first, I mean, but Storm, I knew, okay, when she was revealed, when the true Stormfront was revealed, I was surprised she, I was surprised she was who she was and being the founder of the company's wife and all that. And that she used to be Liberty. But I'm not surprised that there was more to her. But she did, they did a good job the first couple of episodes of thinking, of having yeah. to think that she was someone else. You thought she, I thought she was going to buck the system just because of the way she came in about uh, against Bot. Yeah, like she, she just, she didn't care. She, she said what was ever on her mind, and you know, she put her thoughts out there. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, girl. Like I see you. You gonna be that badass? Yeah. And then the third episode, all it took was to the third episode. And was it the third episode that she killed? Um, which brother? Yeah, uh, I brother? think it was. No. And and so like when when she when she did that, I was just like, and she called him uh, the yellow yeah. man. I was just like, oh crap! Like why why you got to do that? Like that's what y'all did on purpose. Y'all made me like like her, and then you literally snatched that away because now like like she she batshit crazy when she was like, open your eyes, open your eyes. I like to see the light go out. I was just like, oh shoot. Yeah. Okay. And I was just like, okay, so it, and I think the reason why she hated the companies because she felt like they were ruining her husband's legacy by letting in all these quote unquote unworthy and other superheroes that look like A Train. And, you know, she did say that the other races were coming in for white annihilation. And I was just like, okay. And, you know, <laughs> and as we said before, going back to Homelander really quick that he was irredeemable. There were moments, there were glimpses like that blink, like literally blink and you miss it, glimpses that there was somewhere that he still had a piece of a piece of a piece of human DNA in him somewhere. (laughs) Like maybe a minuscule of a strand. Deep, deep. Deep and that's down. when it came to his son. We're not talking about when he caught the little boy a pussy. <laughs> We're not talking about when he pushed the little boy <laughs> off the roof. Pushed him straight off of the roof. And if yo. he were really human, like we 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 suspected that the kid had powers because he's Homelander's son, but we weren't really sure. He would have died. He would have broken bones, bones and died. So we're not talking about those moments, you know. But like when, it, but the moments did have to do with his son, and there were two that stood out to me. When they took him to Planet Vault and all the people started surrounding Homelander and he, the son was like shell-shocked and um, he started having an anxiety attack because of all the people. And I thought, again, Homelander surprised me because I thought he was going to tell him, man up, you little pussy, this is what your future is or something <laughs> like that. Or why are you crying? Stop being a bitch. You know, I thought he was going to go full Homelander. But he actually was a 
sent a father. He picked him up and he carried him out. He took him to the cabin and he just let him be. And I was like, oh, that is a moment. Like that was something a real human with empathy and compassion for another human being would do. And now is that partly on fact he really wanted his son to love him and to want to be with him. He didn't want to have to force him into it. He actually wanted him to make the choice on being I with him. I think so. And I think there were moments like when him and Becca had made that deal and he and he agreed that he would not take him away from Becca. Because he, I, I don't think, I think he really wanted to be a father to his kid. He just didn't know how. Because when she said, because it hit him. He, he, Homelander knows he's fucked up. Let's not pretend like he doesn't. He just doesn't give a fuck. But when she said, <laughs> don't, I don't, we don't want him to grow up. We don't want him to end up like you. I think that hit him. And I think what we didn't see is when he went in, I think Stormfront convinced him otherwise. Like Stormfront was like, oh no, we not going for this, you know? Um, so I think that's- Oh, you mean when they were outside and she was begging him not yeah. to take him? And she, I don't think it I, worked. I, like, I, I, I don't I don't think it worked. I think that he kind of just went along with it, but he had already decided because Stormfront had already put her lashes in. I think he'd already decided to take. So that I felt that was a very um like uh there was lack of genuine um feeling for her moment. Like when he walked away, I was like, he's lying to you, girl. Like, don't believe him. You think those tears sway him? He he don't care about your See, tears. I thought I thought maybe I thought May. I wasn't surprised when she walked in and they were gone. I'm like, oh, you in there cooking that Maeve lasagna kit, woman? They just jacked your kid. They just tied up literally with your son. So, but it didn't surprise me. But I thought maybe it got to him a little bit. But also, the other moment is, and this one is really one of those blink and you miss it moments because he did absolutely nothing about it is when Stormfront was trying to indoctrinate him with all that Nazi bullshit. And he looked at her like, bitch, are you fucking crazy? But he didn't- And still yeah, let her go. he didn't go. say anything. So I'm like, oh, you you really missed the moment on that one, Stormfront. You really missed the train. Um, and speaking of trains, a train. <laughs> See what I did there? Not a fan. No. I, I no 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 you, you you did good I like I like that segue uh, you did really good with segue today <laughs> <laughs> but um no A train you know hit or miss like he 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 was just there I I didn't I mean he was too selfish like he was all about whatever he had to do in order to get what he wanted and he was willing to do whatever he needed to do to get what he wanted you know that's why he joined the Church of Scientology <laughs> I mean sorry my bad. Church of the Collective. I apologize. All right, Church of the Collective. You had it right because I thought the same thing. I'm like, what the Scientology fuck is this church? Like, you know, and we shouldn't say it too loud because next thing you know, they're gonna be bugging us trying to come sue us. Oh shit, shit, you know they are talking Ooh. about. Oh my god. But yeah, and but of course he is who he is, and I think that's why I like A Train a little bit. Is that I know. He, I think he has some moments where he can be redeemed or basically, I guess he just does what he needs to do to get by, you know? Um, but yeah, he... But you, you know, when you say that, the moment, like, I, I just thought of this, um, the moment that shows that he's he's willing to do whatever is necessary just to survive is when he was talking to Starlight and um, I forgot what comment she made. And he said 
see, and that's exactly what people who were raised with money oh, would say. Was like he, because when he found out, well, no, well, I don't know if it was when he found out they were trying to put him out of the seven, or when he first came back. Oh, and she's like, well, why do you do this? And he's like, because of the money or something. And but. And, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I just forgot which scene. I think maybe it's the first time he confronted her when she actually was like, "Well, if you if you out me for taking the beat, I'm gonna out you for killing your girlfriend." And yeah, and and yeah, and his, his that that that's what it was. It's a, it was survival. And I I just had on that note, I have to say that what I really 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 loved about this season more than the first season was that every single thing was real life relevant every scene every character like like it was like what the fuck like this is what's happening literally outside like you can name who every single one of these people was representing and what every scene was about when they were talking about immigration come on now we we we're going through that right now when you figured out that she had this whole group of people that started to believe her so much that a dude went into a convenience store and shot a dude in the face. Like, I was just like, yo, like, that's how it works. And it was crazy to see, like, that's how, that's how it goes. And when the sign talk, I mean, collective, the head of the collective, (laughs) uh, when he was talking (laughs) to Edgar and he said, well, even you knowing what she is why do you let her go and he's like because she's good for the bottom line and that just reminds me of why so many Mm -hmm. people supported this MAGA idiot fool so especially so many people of color wealthy people of color in a big in a position um because he's good for their bottom line so it's like you're willing to basically sell your soul and forget about the fact that if she had her choice she would kill you because he was also, he also yeah, acknowledged, just, yeah, just he for also, because when he was talking to Butcher, he acknowledged, she was like, he said, and, but he also called Butcher on your white privilege. He said, because that's the, he said, that's something I don't have the privilege of. Uh, oh, yes. What, forgot, did he, what did he say? He was like, that's luxury. a white man's yes. luxury. And I was like, oh, okay. So. Relevant. Relevant. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Butcher. He evolved so much from this season. He went from being 100% see you next Tuesday. He he knocked it down to 95%. He had his moments. <laughs> he, as, he, as he told... He, he, he bumped yeah, up as he told the kid, Hey, girl, that's a complete evolution for him. He did a 180. As he told the kid at the end, <laughs> don't, be a, don't be a cunt. So, you know, he... But... I, one of the things I loved about this season is you actually got to understand a little bit more about the characters and their backstory. And I love the way they did it. Um, Butcher, you understood why he's so toxic in relationships and why he is the way he is. Yeah, especially when his mom and, and dad. Um, his, shout out to John Noble, one of my favorite actors who played his dad. Amazing. Um, my favorite member of Butcher's family was his drug dealing aunt. She goes hard. Like, shout out to the aunt with the lab. <laughs> So he had prescription drugs to the old people in the neighborhood, had her lab in the basement and shit. (laughs) Aunt was a pimp. Um, I loved her. And also understanding more of who Kamoko was before um, she got to be and why she was the way she was. And um, also Frenchie, why he was so hell-bent on destroying himself. Um, Understanding his guilt about what happened with Lamplighter and um, the general's children and all of that stuff. So 
um, they did a great job of giving us a little bit more insight into the characters and some of what they're going through. And then you find out that Huey's mom is not even dead. She just left. Like, you know. Okay, so um, can we talk about the fact that Huey was a waste of space? Um, an absolute waste of space. There was no progression whatsoever on this dude. Like, I understand he was, he's supposed to be Butcher's Canary, and I kind of got that. Like, I would agree with, um, with m- mother. Can we just mother's call milk? And then that mother's <laughs> milk takes me back <laughs> to Homelander and the breast milk. So, yes. Homelander, right? <laughs> um, but when Eminem said, uh, that he's your canary. He's the one that tells you, lets you know when you're going too far. Even if you continue to go, at least someone tells you when you're going too far. And so I would agree with that. And that definitely helped Busher to kind of pull back when he would have just kept pushing forward um, once he heard that. But at the same time, Huey was a waste of space. Like, I was just like, Annie, why do you want him? <laughs> well, her mother said, like, he's, the he's mother nothing. Said that the, the anxious kid with the sweaty palms, really? <laughs> palms? So she, was like the, she was like the moist handshake? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, well, and you also get that. he. I think the reason why Butcher was so hard on him and also was so, just had this really adverse reaction to him is because he reminded him of one of the people he loved most besides Becca, and that was his little brother, Lenny. So I think, you know, that might explain why he was so hesitant about him. But can we talk about Waste of Space, who I actually love is the deep. <laughs> he is an oh idiot. my God. If you want to talk about a fucking idiot, yes, go and right ahead. He is, go right ahead. He the one talking about Church of Scientology and shit like that. Come he on, He is comic relief to the end. Chase Crawford is, is amazing in that role. I love it. And <laughs> the Deep is just like, because the first one, he's like, let's talk about Eagle. Yeah, Eagle's my boy. You know, he's the one that brought me in. He's been a great friend. He betrayed the church. Oh, fuck that dude. I don't know him. We ain't that cool. <laughs> was but and A Train was like I, but yo I thought that was your friend though <laughs> like you know and so and um but then when Deep realized that he wasn't gonna get back into the seven it's like yo they took A Train back y'all had me do all this shit and I'm still not back in the seven and they take A Train back and so when he was like and then when the guy was trying to say he was being a toxic personality and he was like I signed over all my money I made this weird shit because yeah, he literally gave him his, and that's how I knew that was confirmation on which church the church of the collective was supposed to be represented. That's how I knew. And even when he was just like, You have me marry that weird woman who don't even give good blowjobs. Like, yes, yes, they did. Or no, no, no. My favorite scene for Deep, even though he's a waste of space, my favorite scene was when he thought he was about to stop butchering them with the whale and he's standing on top of the whale like yeah yeah you better stop and then he realized like oh shit they're not gonna stop and they literally jammed into the whale and I was like come on now you should have known by now but you ain't stopping Thank for you. nobody and then he was like just leave me here inside the whale guts like, <laughs> just, he was done he was just like leave me just it's okay and butcher being butchered left his ass 
<laughs> he was like, he was like, okay. And then Eminem had to be like, I'm just stay here with you. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> Cause he ended up having to leave. But no, like that, that, yeah, yeah. Deep, deep was a waste of space. He was a, he was an idiot. He was an idiot. But ch- like, Chase, ch- yes. is it Chase? Chase Crawford. Chase played him so he well. Did. So well. Because I was cracking up at his stupidity. Cracking up about his stupidity. Now I will say, we haven't talked about it yet. But we have to talk before we end it. We got to talk about the women. Oh. We got to talk about the women Let's of the show. Let's just get it done. We talk about storefront. Yeah, we, 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 we talk about storefront with her racist ass. But even like Maeve, um, was one of my favorite characters. I loved seeing on her describing the reason why she does what she does and why she stays and why she refuses to step up um, because of the fear that she had because she knew, she knew firsthand Homelander's what capable Homelander was yes. capable of. Yeah, she knew firsthand what he was capable of. And so she knew how to play the game well because she was not about to get herself in danger or Elena, her girlfriend, in danger either. But at the end, when uh, Stormfront thought that she she had this and that she was good, and she said, come on, bring it. And then Mae showed up, and they stomped that bitch. I said, stomp her. Go ahead. Stomp on her. Get her. Get Like, I was cheering them along. Because women get it done. Yeah, and the guys (laughs) recognized that, too. They were like, oh, we going to go in. Then they just all stood back like, whoa, no, they got this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do. And I love Kamoko for her badassness. I love um, Starlight for the reason why she said, she's like, if you just leave and let them be asshole, then what is that going to accomplish? Yeah, that she. I actually agree with her going back. I understand that, you know, she definitely had some experiences, but I, I agree with her going back into the seven um, because how, how are they going to change if there's nobody there to push back at yeah. all? If you never have anybody to push back, then, and she changed the minds of so many of them because Maeve was just going to kind of chuck it along until, like, every time Starlight got in trouble, who's the one who stepped up for right. her, you know? And um, so so that was and a good I'm thing. so glad Kamoko, because I was mad for a moment when I thought Kamoko died when that bitch storefront broke her neck. I'm like, oh, no, you know I love Kamoko. Mm-hmm. And then she snapped that back into place. Yeah, and kept you it know going. I love Kamoko and Frenchie. They're my favorites. And um, also... Before we wrap this up, um, yeah, I just gotta give a shout out to Frenchie and Kamoko and yeah, and May. She's one of my favorites too. Oh, you you gonna talk about AOC? Yeah, I did not. Oh, two things. Okay, did not see that coming with AOC. I especially at the end, I knew there was something more to her, but I didn't know she was the one blowing up people's heads. Um. That was definitely yeah, surprising. I, so when I at first when they showed her talking to the collective, that's her being part of the collective. I'm like, oh, okay, that explains it. I get. I, and then when a the guy said, I'm like, up. oh no, that bitch is for real, for real crazy. So I'm <laughs> interested to see how that will play out in season three. Also in season three, I'm interested to see Jensen Apple's role. I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but he's joining as the original superhero Soldier Boy. Yes, yes, you, you told me. And I, like, look, you know, I was not about watching the boys because I, I was not. A, I didn't really fully enjoy the first season. I watched it just because it was such a hit. Um, the second season was way better, and you'll get my rating soon. But now that you say Jensen's going to be in it, oh, I am a huge fan of his. So now I have to watch season yes. three. Oh, so I wonder God. if he's going to give. Uh, Homelander, a run for, for his money. 
I hope you know, so. so we'll see what happens. I'm also you, you can't come and be in that sexy and not yeah. do something. I'm also <laughs> interested to see how A train, like you know, he's just gonna go with whatever way the wind blows. But I'm curious as to what's gonna happen with the deep now that he's out of the cold, not with the seven. Is he gonna become a boy? Is he gonna? <laughs> so there's a, a yeah, boy. one of the boys, you know, he's gonna be never. Oh, oh God, he's too stupid. <laughs> Butcho, your, butcho, your chew him up and spit him right back out. He's too stupid I know, for that. Butcho caught him his favorite. I can't word. see the deep get back into the seven though. I can see him ultimately getting back into the seven. Um, but dude, you're just gonna be a mascot because don't nobody <laughs> want you. You, you too stupid. He's too stupid. But I love, I love the deep <laughs> just because he's so stupid. But just you, you the <laughs> only one. You the only one. He can talk to the fish. <laughs> you talk to the fish, talk about how oh, yeah they they really be partying at night, <laughs> dude. Nobody cares. Nobody. He he's the un, he's the uncoolest. Like to think that he's supposed to be like the Aquaman of the group, and then you compare him to the fact that we have Jason Momoa <laughs> as Aquaman, and then you got the deep. <laughs> it's horrible. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, we don't have to ask whether this is uh, worthy of a renewal. All right. I'm going to need Netflix to get on that renewal tip with the Woo Assassin. Sorry. But anyway, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. What would you give, what would you rate season two of The Boys? Um, I'm going to rate it a 3.5, a solid 3.5. Like three quarters of my popcorn is good because I didn't really want it to be topped off because I didn't want to spill any on the ground. Um, so yeah, definitely 3.5 um, popcorn. Um, I really, really enjoyed the season. The first two episodes kind of like was hit, really hit or miss. I was a little bored. By the third episode, they fully locked me in. By the sixth episode, oh, I was, I was with my, my, my face right up on the screen. Like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen next? Like, yeah. So um, definitely 3.5. They did really, really good on this season. What about I'm going to give it a solid four. Um, four out of five. So, okay, yeah, okay. It, 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 it's good. I, I'm looking forward to the third season. So, um, yeah, that does it, I guess, with this week's episode of The Voice. Thank you for joining us, as always. Be sure to tune in next week when we talk about the season premiere of The Neighborhood and the social justice movement, how it's affecting TV. So until then, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Bye.